Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. Arguably the first real supergroup. Yes, I see you looking at me, Cream. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young attain vocal harmony perfection on Deja Vu. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Another great episode of music goodness. We try and alternate it. Uh, give you a little music, give you a little movies, right, Eric? And uh, I think we, 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 we attain a happy balance. Uh, we do indeed. Yeah. We're, we're like the food pyramid of, of podcasts. We give you the right amount of portions of everything. Well, I just came yeah. up with that. Right. Eric thinks I re I write a lot of this stuff. 99% of the stuff that comes out of my mouth is not scripted. There's very yeah. little that, that yeah. comes out. So the, the food pyramid just came to me as we were, as I was saying, I'm like, we're like the food pyramid of podcasting. I, yeah. I like that. That could be on a shirt. I think we could make a shirt. The food pyramid of podcasts. And you have like the, the movie portion, the top five portion, and then the music portion. I'm going to do that. What do you think? Pyramid yeah. scheme. Works for me. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not a pyramid scheme, but the food pyramid. A pyramid scheme is something different. We would make mm -hmm. out like bandits and then we'd haul ass out of here. Uh, wow. with everybody's money but we're not here to do that we're here every week to talk about music and movies and the stuff that that shaped our lives and the stuff we have fun talking about so eric is here a little under the weather but that's okay we're not going to do any three-part harmonies i think we decided before the show that we'll spare everybody any any attempts even if eric was at full throat he would be the best probably uh best equipped to uh to lead us in some three-part harmonies, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, in a weird way, I'm kind of thankful he's got a little sore throat because then we're not even going to be tempted to go there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless he wants to be the lower end. This guy wants to be like the, you know, uh, the, the lower uh, yeah, end. So, the frog in the throat. Guy. There you go. Yeah, the, that guy, the bass. Sound, uh, sound like Lou Rawls. <laughs> uh, and we've got, we've got a guest here. Uh, I think he's, I think he is setting a record with this appearance. Uh, I think this is the 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 uh, quickest second appearance or quickest time between two appearances for a guest, and it's Mr. Rob DeStefano. 
Wow. Welcome, welcome, welcome aboard. Sir. Yep. He was just on our Hackney Diamonds episode. That was like just over a month ago, and he's back already. I think that is the quickest return trip or you know, cycle around the sun that, that a guest has made before they've returned. I appreciate the, re- the return call. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> how was yeah. how was the trip around the sun? Was it good? Because you're, 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 you're back very quickly. <laughs> he came back. So well, welcome aboard, Rob. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's good to have you here. Uh, yeah, we had we had a blast on our on our last episode that Rob was on, and of course, I I mainly invite him just so I can look at all the guitars behind him. I don't really don't <laughs> I I kind of don't pay attention to what he's saying because I'm too busy looking at the guitar necks and see if I can read what what they are. I think there's like a guild back there, and there is I, yes, yeah. See, see, a telly, <laughs> Ibanez, yep, yep, and then there's even got a bass. And there's one that's turned with it, with its back towards us. Is that one being punished because it's not facing us? No, that's just the way. <laughs> that's my Ibanez. Okay, that's okay. Don't don't be a, don't be ashamed of an Ibanez. It can, it can you can face it forward with a fender. It's fine. It, it's all good. So so thank you, Rob, for for joining us for this album, uh, Deja Vu from uh, from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation, um, and I'll I'll make a uh, a confession after we do the stats. So it'll be it'll be a confessional time. Uh, this was released released in March of 1970, uh, produced by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. There were four singles released from this album. Uh, Woodstock went to number eleven. Teach Your Children went to number sixteen. Our House went to number thirty. And then the song "Carry On" was a B side of Teach Your Children, but it it did receive uh, radio airplay. Hmm. So it was it was given. Uh, some airtime. Uh, it went to number one on the Billboard charts, seven times platinum. We don't really, Eric. When we do albums, they're usually like ten or eleven or five. We never get one in in between. Seven's kind of a interesting. You know, usually it's like a five times platinum, a two times platinum, or a ten and above. I thought it was eight. Didn't it go eight? Maybe nope. maybe it's got even further than yeah. I mean, <coughs> yeah, I, I thought I read that somewhere. Yeah, but, well, um, even so, uh, you know what? They they don't update uh, Wikipedia as often as they should, or you know, uh, we got to You know, it is crowdsourced, so we got to go with the information we have. Uh, and they were 1997 Hall of Fame inductees as Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah. Without the without the young, um, and then the interesting thing about about their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is that uh, all of them had been inducted previously. So they this they were the first gr- like group that had all been inducted uh, separately. Uh, Stills with Buffalo Springfield, Nash mm. with Hollies, and Crosby with the Birds, and then they all got in. But but oddly enough, no no Neil Young. Wow, I, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, kind of strange that, that it was CSN and then not CSNY. But then again, Neil Young got in. If, he, if it was Buffalo Springfield, he was part of Buffalo Springfield. So he got in with Buffalo Springfield um, and then probably on his own. Yeah. I can, yes. I imagine. yeah. yeah. So he, he got in the same year that uh, Led Zeppelin got in. Ah, that's why you remember that. Because they jammed together. I remember that. <laughs> and, and Joni Mitchell got in in 97. She <clears throat> got in the year the, the same year as Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So. <clears throat> Um, Rob, you were excited to do this album. Why, why did you uh, pony up to the bar and say, yeah? Um, I've always been a, a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young fan. I, I'm a big Neil Young fan. I've seen him in concert and everything. Mm. I've actually seen Crosby, Stills, and Nash in concert, too. 
Um, I, their songs have always hit home with me. Um, I, I like the harmonies, the acoustics, it, 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 the acoustic guitar and everything. It's just, their songs, they have a good range of songs on their albums and, and especially Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it hits a lot of different notes along the way there. And literally, it, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a great album to listen to front and back, you know, all the way through. And you, you never, you never had a loss with that one. Yeah. It's okay. a bit of perfection, I think. Yeah. Close or close to it, I would say, but <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys ready for my confession? Mm. Yes. I had never listened to the album. You, well, I knew until, you, you until, never until, were. until this episode, until this, uh, until we decided to do this episode. I, I always, you know, everybody loves Crosby, Stills, and Net. like you know, it's very easy. Their their hits are, are you know very easy to listen to, and they've been a staple of rock music. Mm. But never yet, never kind of really delved too deep. I know the history of them. I know all the players. You know, you know the story, the the, the fights, and, and the tumultuousness. But never had really gotten into it. But you know, there was always something about Deja Vu. I'm like, you know, that's probably an album that I need to educate myself on. Um, and that's yeah. what this show is about. Is not just about those ones that we know, the slam dunks. But this is a slam dunk. But it wasn't for me. But uh, Eric, I agree with you. This is like yeah, a, this you, is like a part. This is like a perfect album. I was. Well, I know. I know you away. were never. You were never a fan of David Crosby. I know yeah. that growing up. Yeah, he was he my least be- favorite of of yeah. the group. Um, <laughs> so I was quite surprised actually when you put it out there. Let's do. The yeah. Cros- I'm like I'm kind of perplexed by it but i was like okay yeah. yeah but it's a great record i never actually had it um it but yeah it's a good listen uh, i always i had the greatest hits the 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 the, the real the so, good one so that, far so far yeah. was like the first no one? the no that was the one that came out in uh 2005 i believe yeah yeah it yeah. Had, it had all like the later stuff on there too like I, southern cross which i yeah. love um and you know it was a nice range of their you know, they, they they didn't just have hits. It was just it, there was some deep cuts on there as well, and and it was a nice package. So that's that's the one that I know well. Yep. Uh, but to listen to an album like you know this could you know this could be uh, almost the greatest hits in itself, right? I mean, there's yeah. just so many good 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 songs on here. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's damn incredible. straight. I mean, uh, wow. I, I really was. You know, it's it's easy. This is an easy listen. First of all, because it's only it's thirty six minutes, so it is a it is a quick album, and you've got you've got certified like classic rock hits, right? You've got Teach Your Children, Woodstock, Our House, and then to a lesser extent, Helpless, uh, you know, which is a radio, you know, a Neil Young hit, uh, yeah. and ca- Carry On, <clears throat> and, and Deja Vu, I think, has even been played on on classic rock radio, so. You know, when I put this on, I was okay. Yeah, it's like all right. Yeah, the first side, pretty much, pretty much familiar with most of it. I'm like, this is gonna be great. You know, uh, it was actually the stuff that I wasn't familiar with that I really was like, wow. Like it filled in, mm-hmm. it filled in the gaps for me that really, it, it, I was literally, this album blew me away. I, I was, I got, I was blown away by this album. I was, I, I was, I couldn't believe that uh, that I was, you know, sitting on this and and not. Uh, not even ever just giving it like a, a cursory listen, you know, just a bypass listen. So, yeah, um, 
pretty, pretty wild. So, you know what? That, that, and that's, we've always said that we've said that since episode one, Eric and I, you know, uh, new music is new. If you've never heard it before, doesn't matter when it's come out. If you've never heard it before, it's new music to you. That's, and that's the beauty that's of going back. And that's the beauty of, of what we do. And, 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 what we try and do is advocate for some stuff that people may not have ever heard or myself <clears throat> educating myself and, and now adding this gem to, to music I like to listen to, mm. which is pretty wild. Yeah. Do you have it? No, do you, I don't. Do I've always, it? I've always, well, here's the thing. I've, I've always been, like in record stores. I've always, it's, it's something I would, I, I, I always want to pick up, but I've never found a copy that was in good shape. It's, you, yeah. you can get it for dirt cheap, but they're always like ragged, ratty copies. So I want to get like a nice copy of it, you know? So, and now more than ever, yeah, it's definitely on my radar to pick up because well, I'm a big, you know, me, I'm a big fan of like re-release yeah. uh, the, the, the legacy editions. And, uh, and this is a really nice package too. Um, you know, a lot of demos, a lot of alternate takes, yeah, um, stuff that you never heard before. It's a, it's, it's really worth your time. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's just one of those staple albums that I wish that I had back in the day, you know, yeah. uh, I knew the songs, but I just didn't, like you say, there's, there's several songs on this thing that, uh, you didn't really think that a band like this could be so hard edged. I mean, there was some, there's yeah. some really rough edges to this record. You know, yeah. You, you, you tend, you tend to think of no. them as like Rob as like a glorified barbershop quartet. Right. I mean, that's, you know, yep. like kind of, that was their rep, you know, like our house and, and, you know, some of those songs are kind of simple sounding, but when you, like Eric just said, you go deeper on this album, there's some hard rock. Yep. Textures mm-hmm. going on here. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, the the, um, the harmonies, the the, the 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 hard songs, um, like um, almost cut my hair. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that you know, that's that that's a real good rock oh, right there. I like that. That's one. that's a great. I you know somebody said mentioned that uh, I think it was Stephen Stills was very critical of the song, and he said I, I don't like your vocal on it. I think it's amazing. What are you yeah. talking about, David? Crosby's vocal, you're not used to hearing him so strong. Yeah, to really wail, like well, yeah. And to, and to and later on in, in in years, of course, you know, the the indulgences, the drugs, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that took its toll. But his voice tended to be very soft, very high. Uh, but here, man, he's really it's it's coming from inside, like the gut, you know, it's just it's I I've never heard, you know, somebody belt that out. Uh like he, you know, like he, because like again, because of such a soft voice, it's amazing mm. that the, that you could pitch like that, you know. And yeah. every once in a while, it, it surprises you. So it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and, it, and it's like a true hippie anthem, yeah. you know. <laughs> let let your let your freak flag fly, mm-hmm. and, and just a lot of, you know. I, I mean, the song really isn't about anything, but literally almost cut, he almost cut his hair, and why he didn't, or why he almost did. It's like the simplest yeah. thing, but the but like Eric said, the the. <clears throat> The the vocal performance, it's it's so intense, right? Yeah. I think that's what it is for Crosby. Like you said, it's it's kind of an intense vocal for him. Really, are like an urgent style vocal. It almost sounds like it's a live track when I listen to it because it yeah it sounds yeah. very different. Yep. It's it sounds like yeah, yeah yep. it's, it doesn't sound like like this was a a, a take of 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 him singing this was almost like a live it felt like a live take just even the way it was produced it sat there's a little bit of echo a little bit of reverb in it 
And it almost mm-hmm. sounds like like it was just like a live thing. If if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think they did that song in one take. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there, there's really lightning in a bottle. Uh, before we go any further, let me, I'm going to ask Rob and then we'll get to Eric. Hmm. I said in the open that CSN and Y or, you know, whichever uh, amount of initials you want to ascribe to them were the first real super group. And I thought about it and, and yeah, you know, people are going to go to cream now. R- Rob, what do you think? Um, the, the, the reason why I, I wouldn't choose cream, I think is <coughs> I think CSN came from more popular groups that were more well-known mm-hmm. when they came together. Like people knew who they were when they came together. I don't know if everybody knew who Jack Bruce, I mean, may, maybe, but the, the bands they came from, like uh, uh, maybe John Mayle, they, they were coming from, but yeah. I think Crosby, Stills, and Nash came from like sort of more prestigious except, groups. Prestigious group, right. That's the right word. Yeah, that, that, okay. than the other guys did. All right. Let, let me kick it over to Eric because he's a Clapton fan. So I don't know if he's going to be yeah. a little, have a little bias towards his, his man or. How do, you, how do you feel about it? I, well, I really don't have any. <laughs> I, I think I like Eric Clapton would say, you know, he would say that the ter- super groups are, uh, he doesn't believe in a super group. It's, it, it's, it's just overrated thing. Coming, coming um, from the guy that was in like four of them. Or yeah. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he saw cream as a, as a power trio, like yeah. that kind of thing. And it, he didn't really think much of, a, of the super group. Blind Faith didn't work out because he didn't want it to be that with Steve Winwood. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I could understand, you know, CS uh, and why it's like, yeah, amazing. These guys are together. Uh, so yeah, I would say that I would agree. You, you know, you could argue that they are the first, you know, super group that people, most people probably did gravitate towards because they were so used to what they were doing at their other bands, you know? So Especially like Neil Young. I mean, you think about what he's done, what he's what he would go on to do. The guy is like wears many hats. I mean, he's so many yeah. different styles, and and it's just you know, uh, and to be in a group like this where it's you know a little bit more tame, a little bit more reserved. Um, you know, he's the godfather of of grunge for God's sake. Grunge, I mean, you know, yeah. But yeah. So I mean, he <laughs> you know he would go on to do those harder edge things, but you know, but but like we said, like we pointed out, these these harder edge songs are there. You know, there's yeah. you know. Not by him, necessarily. Yeah, oddly but, enough. Um, but, yeah. Rob, Rob, you hit it right on the head. That was my point exactly, is that Cream, you know, I looked at, at where Ginger Baker came from and what other, and they were kind of obscure bands. You know, maybe maybe not in, in their home country of England, but for the most part, they were obscure. And, and then Eric hit it, right? Because it's, you know, all these guys came from known entities. The Birds were a big band. The Hollies were a big band. Buffalo Springfield was probably the least known, but they still were pretty big in the, in the California scene. So yeah, the, the coming together of these three of of members from these three bands kind of is literally is the definition of a super group. I think it's kind of like, you know, back then they just thought, yeah, we, you know, we sing really well together and that was really the, the impetus for it. Um, but, and I, I think that the thing that, that separated Crosby, Stills and Nash from other bands like cream and stuff like that is, the individual members sort of kept kept their identities. Mm-hmm. They, they they weren't really like they didn't really 
it was sort of like three solo artists working together as opposed to <laughs> creating a band. And, and in fact, I read that they that's why they named themselves Crosby, Stills, and Nash because they didn't want to have like a band identity. They wanted huh. to keep yeah. their their individuality in there. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so their first album comes out in 1969, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and it's got some some good stuff on there, Marrakesh Express and a couple of other songs. But they, uh, Stephen Stills was kind of like, you know, if we're going to go out and tour, we kind of need somebody to play keyboards. We kind of need an extra person. And they originally were going to, they originally uh, were going to approach Steve Winwood, but he was in the middle of, of, of blind faith. Um, so then the idea came, well, why don't we get Neil Young? He can play, even though he's a guitarist, he can play keyboards. He can kind of do those, those, those things. Um, and, and Nash was a little, you know, had some reservations. He didn't really know him. Uh, Steven Stills, even though they were in Buffalo Springfield, was kind of like, ah, you know, all right, you know, uh, we, we could do that. And then they approached Neil Young and he's like, well, uh, if, if I do this, it's not going to be as a side man. You, you're going to make me a full member. You're going to make me a full member. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like a, you know, I'm not going to be like a touring uh, guitarist or keyboard player, whatever you need. I'm, you um, you got to make me a full member. So that's where it became from Crosby, Stills and Nash to Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young um, for a, a, a very short time. I mean, these guys just fought. God, they would probably put the who to shame with the big, you know, with the bickering. I mean, all these, Eric, we, we seem to have, like latch onto these guys that just can't get together. They can't, they can't have a, a conversation or that's because they're yeah. all of equal talent, you yeah. know? So it's hard to, who's is like the, like Eagles. I mean, you know, it's like, there's so many chiefs yep. and, and, you know, and, and the way this band was structured, like Rob pointed out, it was, you know, they each came with a song and that was theirs. I mean, sometimes I think it was either still uh, Stephen Stills or Neil Young would take his song and work on it on by himself. That would be just, Neil Young. And Neil Young. And then he would just yep. add their vocals to it. And that was, you know, there's several, you know, artists that we've talked about that do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who, you know who we're talking about there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this, this isn't your traditional democracy, you know, band democracy is very much for distinct individuals that just happen to make some great music together. And, and of yeah. course it's going to be those clashes, you know? Yeah. So. That, that's what brought them together. You're absolutely right. Neil Young yeah. was the one that would bring in his material pretty much finished. And then they would add, they would add the vocals. The, the other three, it was a little more collaborative because that was kind of the spirit of it. Um, it seems to me from what I've read that Stephen Stills, was kind of the Jeff Lynn of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. He played bass. He played keyboards. Like he would, he was playing lead electric. He would do everything mm. uh, as far as instrumentation goes. You know, Nash and, and Crosby would play a little bit of a, some acoustic guitar, but Stephen Stills was really kind of the architect, uh, playing all the other instruments except for the except. You know, there, there was a, a bass player that they had, but he would play bass when needed. And of course, they, they had a drummer, Dallas Taylor, as well. Yeah. If I if I had to pick my 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 favorite member of the band, it it, it would it would be Stephen Stills. Yeah, I, his songs, you know, hit me the most. Um, I like his musicianship. You know, he's a great guitarist. Yeah, um, great, writes great lyrics. He's you yeah. know, he's, he's definitely he's the got folk. the strongest presence. I mean, and uh, he's crazy, I, I, and he's crazy in the head too. Yeah, I think he's, he, just, he, he's just like a literally. Nut. I think he fancied himself the leader yeah. 
you know, like you say, the, the leader of the band. Um, and I, I, I watched a documentary. I think it was about them or it might have been just about uh, David Crosby. And I remember seeing like there was one instance where they, him and Crosby were just he was tearing into Crosby big time. Crosby's <laughs> lying there in a hammock. And he's just stoned out of his mind and Stills is just freaking just letting him have it. Like you are, you know, disgrace and blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow. You know, and this was a little bit later on too. This wasn't the early yeah. days. This was this was probably <laughs> closer to like the album they did in like 82, you yeah. know, like that, that with Southern Cross on it. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Crosby was always, I guess he was just that unreliable. Yeah. Or, or, you know, because if he's always, you know, in and out, in and out, I mean, he's always had so many problems personally. Yeah. And, and of course his drug use, you know, yeah, really the, the, epi- the epitome of the rock and roll lifestyle yeah. and in jail. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> in, in and out, in and out, in and yeah, out. Liver, liver transplant. <laughs> I mean, the guy, you know, yeah. um, you know, when they did, you know, we're going to get to deja vu, but just to talk about the eighties when, uh, Neil Young was open to the idea of, of reuniting. He goes, I'll reunite mm. only if Crosby gets himself straightened out. Like we're not like, I'm good yeah. for everything else. This is the deal breaker. And that's when Crosby was actually in jail at the time. So he was kind of forced to get clean. Yeah. Uh, and then when he got out, they put out that album, American dream, I think in 89 or, or 90, whatever it was. Uh, one more bizarre piece of trivia. Then we'll start talking about the album pop quiz. How many how many Crosby, Stills and Nash albums came out in the seventies that were not a compilation or a live album? How many studio albums? As either Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young or Crosby, Stills and Nash. How many album studio albums came out that were not live or compilations? It's three, isn't it? Hmm. What's your guess, Eric? I would say one. <laughs> you're clo- you're close. They only put out two albums in the seventies. Yeah. Can you believe it? They put out Deja Vu, and then they put out the the one with their when they're on the boat and on the cover in like seventy. Seven or something like okay. that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Everything in between was was a was a greatest hits, a live album, and they took extended breaks. Two. Yeah. You would think that like you, you think Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's like you think like like rock and roll royalty, not very prolific. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right. And I, I blew me away when I'm looking at the discography. I'm like, wait, their first album came out in '69. Deja Vu came out in '70, and then nothing till like '76. Hmm. Which didn't really, I don't think, did very well. Yeah, it had that song that Dark record. Star on it, which was kind of a interesting. Yeah, I theory. think the '82 album did extremely well. Yeah, Day, Daylight guess, Again. I yeah. guess they're kind of like they're kind of like the Grateful Dead. You know, they're more of a, a, a live act. I guess you know. Yeah, yeah I, I look. I could. I, I would agree with that. I mean, they, and they were I'm, taking breaks too. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they would. Yeah. They would break up. They broke up after this album. They, you know, they kind of broke up for a little bit. They regrouped in '74. They did a live tour. They put out a live album. They put out a Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I always thought, wow, there's some, you know, this, you know, there's probably a lot of misses in there, and you know, some of the discography. But I was like, there is no discography. It's like here. <laughs> it's like I, you, you get, you listen to this album. You've listened to half, half of the shit they've done in the seventies. You're halfway well, there. there. Well, there you go. That's well, that's the reason I had, I only had the greatest hits because you know, you just, you just looked at well, well, here, well, this is, you know, it's all you need, really. That's pretty um, much all their stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it so. was, it's amazing. So, all right, let, let's get into the album now. I, you know, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, you know, Rob mentioned, just mentioned the Grateful Dead. So let's, let's use that as the segue. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Garcia uh, guests on this album. He plays some slide guitar on teach your children. 
Hmm. Uh, and he said he was kind of still learning slide guitar. So he actually kind of patchworked all those little, little parts together. He didn't do it like all at once. Cause he was still yeah, kind of figuring out that he kind of knew a little bit about it, you know, but it's an amazing um, sound the way it opens with that steel yeah. pedal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. And, and I think the song itself, uh, when Nash originally did it, it was supposed to be sort of a much more folky, very, very British, uh, you know, which the band, you know, Stephen Still said, no, uh, let's let's do this as a sort of a country song yeah, and kind of change the, you know, the tempo and all that, because it was very, very stoic and very I think he even had I think a, I think he had to envision a chorus of children or or, or like singers <laughs> yeah. like, thank God, your children, you know, <laughs> like it was supposed to be very, very. Yeah, we are um, the worldish. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's what he had in mind. And then, you know, Stephen Sills like, no, let's just do yeah. this. You know, put the kibosh yeah. on that. That's yeah, he right. wrote that. He wrote that while he was still in the Hollies. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's 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 kind of go. I, 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 you know, there's not a lot of on here, so I think we can kind of talk about a lot most of the tracks. And it opens with "Carry On," which yeah. really, again, another just like like the vocal performances on this. It, it's easy to, again to dismiss Crosby, Stills and Nash, you know, for their vocal prowess. But when you sit down and listen to this album and you get it like song after song and you get different types of, of ways that they use their vocals and it's not always mm-hmm. just all them singing together. Um, carry on just kind of really just opens up the album and it opens with all of them just like sit, like, you know, a very, a very forceful, not a sedate trio of, of voices, um, but mm-hmm. really a very forceful, uh, in, kind of in your face, the, the, the acoustic guitar is just kind of really kind of hitting it along. And then they, they just really just, the song just opens up, you know, yeah. Yeah, ca- ca- carry on. It, 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 it's one, it's one of my favorite songs, not even on the album, favorite song period. And, you know, as a good, as a guitar player, you know, he, he he's using some like open E tuning and everything on that and everything. And, as a huge Led Zeppelin fan, that song influenced Led Zeppelin on their Led Zeppelin three album. Yeah. If you listen to carry on and the song friends, yeah. it, it's almost exactly the same. Yeah. And, and in, in my opinion, that, that, that carry on has their best harmony vocals out of any of their songs, I think. Yeah. I, on, I the, on this album, I'd put deja <clears throat> vu and I put de, the song deja vu in there too. Cause they're literally going through like vocal exercises. They're singing so fast together mm-hmm. on deja vu. They're just kind of really like weaving in and out. Um, you know, but, but yeah, I love uh, carry on. It's just so they're, they're really singing. They're not like kind of singing gentle backing vocal style stuff like teacher children. No, they're it's all really very forceful, very forceful. Even the guitars are, I mean, it's, yeah. You never would have thought that an acoustic guitar could be so fucking intimidating. You know, it just it's yeah. like the way it starts. I mean, it just it's very like it's almost like the what it had three three guitars going at once. Um, are they all playing the guitar? I, I think so. I mean, or at least maybe double tracking going on there. But I don't know. But it's yeah, it's amazing. It's it, it it's a, it's a really good case for how an acoustic guitar can be so formidable. And, yeah. and like you, and like Rob mentioned with Led Zeppelin, that's a, a lot of Jimmy Page. I think he picked up on that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, because I mean, the songs, I mean, you could do so many different things with acoustic guitar. You could still have those, that fluidity, but it's just, it, it just, um, but there's so much you can get out of it. I mean, and, and, and you know, with, with electric guitar, there's, there's effects, there's things that you can do to kind of cheat, you know, like, you know, the sound mm-hmm. and the changes, you know, whatever. Acoustic guitar, you know, you really can't do that. You know, it's yeah. very, you got to bring it. You got to bring it. And if you yeah. have that skill, man, it's yeah. Yeah, I love That's, it. I, you know, and then it's got great. that great, it's got that great breakdown in the middle yeah. of the song also, which all of a sudden you get like these kind of bongos or this other kind of beat and then going. The it kind of changes, yeah. changes tempo and, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, really uh, just a, a really strong start. <coughs> we, we talked yeah. about teach your children. Then you get, then you get almost cut my hair, which is just like, again, you know, and that was the thing about still Steven still said this about Neil Young. He goes, Neil Young wanted to be in a folk band, but we're like a rock band. You know, Stephen Stills was looking at Crosby, Stills and Nash as a rock band mm. with with folk leanings, and and he he thought that he was thinking Neil Young's approach was folk folk band with rock leanings. And yep. if you go with Carry On, you look at Carry On, and you look at Almost Cut My Hair. It's like, yeah, that is, Almost Cut My Hair is the furthest thing from a folk. Sound yeah, it's a straight up song. rock track. I mean, yeah. You know what it is? You know what it is, Eric? It almost sounds like a it almost sounds like a protest song the way it's being sung. You know, yeah. like, like the way I, his vocal is almost sounds like he's like protesting against the war, but it's but and maybe what you know, there's almost like it kind of got you know got that feel like the way the the urgency of the vocal is. Um, yeah, and I, I dig I, it. It's it's Crosby, but you know, I I like it. <laughs> I'm changing my mind. I love it. I mean, he he, you know, it's very and his voice is very naked too. There's really yeah. not there's it had to have been recorded live because there's no double tracking of vocal there. I mean, it's just straight up. I mean, it's coming, like I said, coming from the diaphragm. He's really, really projecting yeah. that, that track. And I love the blistering guitars in it. That, that, again, that could be a, a straight up case for what grunge would, would sound like, you know, yeah. like later, much, much later on, but even, pu- even a little punk, it's got a little, you know, yeah. kind of a yeah little punk in, in its rawness. Yeah. yeah and and it's ferocity. Him. You know, Steven yep. Stills and, and Neil Young, they have great chemistry when they play together. You know, yeah. Their guitar licks back and forth and everything. It's it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then Neil Young shows up for the first time with Helpless, which my introduction to this song was the last waltz. That was the first time I ever heard Helpless. Yeah. Was that the, you know, was the last waltz when he comes mm-hmm. out and he's getting his guitar. He's like, we got it now, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> and then he and then he goes into Helpless and. uh it's an amazing uh, track. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, you know, the, you know, that, you know, Neil Young could, is, is a chameleon as well. You know, he could do this tender stuff and, and, you know, harvest moon and, and such tender songs, but then he can, he's got that whole other Jekyll and Hyde per- personality. Like Eric said, and God, and God his yeah. voice, how many, how many bands that w- are we into right now, Dean, that, that emulate that voice, like Lord Huron and, yeah. and, and my morning jacket. And, you know, these, these sort of, folky kind of but weirdly rock kind, you know they're, they're doing yeah. like such such bizarre stuff like wilco and uh but yeah it's all it, it all stems from i think neil young i mean it, it yeah. has to i mean he's like the such an influence on that you know yeah but yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah no it's doubt. just that one and then of course you got woodstock written by joni mitchell who That's was my, who was yeah. graham nash's girlfriend at the time yeah. um and they were kind of they were an item uh, Steven Stills was going out with Judy Collins and, and they had actually just, just broken up, um, which is what the song sweet Judy blue eyes was about in, in their mm. previous album. But, but Nash and, and, uh, and Joni Mitchell 
were, were an item and she wrote this and, and she had done it on her, one of her albums. Uh, and there was a couple of other bands that had covered it, but it, none of them sounded like this. No, like yeah, this no. was the heart, uh, you know, uh, Steven stills really took this piece of, uh, music and made it into another, an- another anthem of the times. You know, it really, it really, you know, these are anthemic, this and, and, uh, you know, uh, some of the other stuff is just anth- these are anthemic songs for for that for that counterculture hippie era you uh-huh. know um and it's just good the, the vocals on this are gorgeous as well you know with the with the soaring you know you can hear Graham Nash in the back really kind of soaring up there um and and he really took a a song from someone else and really made it something special absolutely yeah, I, I definitely prefer the Crosby Stills and Nash version to the Joni Mitchell I mean I I've listened to them both yeah I mean, Joni Mitchell has a, has a great voice and everything, but nothing compares to the, you know, it doesn't compare to the, the Crosby, yeah. Stills, and Nash version. Now, there are some demos out there uh, with with someone very special playing bass. Jimi Hendrix hmm. was involved in the creation of this song early on in 1969. There are demos with Jimi playing bass and actually playing a little guitar. And I think Stills or someone said, yeah, it, it sounds like what you would expect if Jimi Hendrix was in Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah. <laughs> so the, de- the demos are out there. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm glad they were friends and pals, but yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, we it didn't need to go that experimental. But but yeah, he was involved and kind of and kind of there and, uh, you know, helping out. So it was kind of kind of interesting. All this, you know, we, you know, you don't really hear too much about that kind of stuff. We hear about that now with different artists. We, and we've talked about a lot about it recently, different artists playing on different albums and whatnot. But here you got, yeah. you got Jerry Garcia. You got John Sebastian is actually on this from Love and Spoonful. And then you had Hendrix, oddly enough, like in, in the in the demo phase, kind of helping out. Weird, because you always think of Hendrix as a, a man unto himself, like an island. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Jimi Hendrix, like Hendrix is a man, like a man alone, you know, kind of. A, a singular icon but him like coming in and playing bass it's like yeah all right it's odd. yeah very odd indeed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah kind of kind of uh, wild i like the fact that you know we didn't really mention this but i love the title uh it does feature dallas taylor and, and greg you know jerry reeves i mean the, it, the fact that they're they're actually credited yeah, credited on the title of the album i think is fantastic too yeah because they bring a lot of you know the great rhythm yeah, too. They really like kind of bottom it out and make it, you know, uh, make it what it is. And and you know, it's really nice of them to just p- to put their names on yes. on the cover. And and, yeah. and you know, yeah. And on on the cover, yeah, they're 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 in a little they're, bit sm- smaller font, but they're on the cover. They're they're there and they're on the cover. They're there nonetheless. I mean, they could just been, yeah. And, and in know. true and in true Crosby, Stills and Nash <laughs> and Young fashion, Dallas uh, the uh, uh, Reeves would get fired first. They kicked him out of the, he's getting too wild. He's playing stuff on the base that is not even matching what we're doing. He's like out there. And then it would, they would fire Dallas Taylor, I think because he was fooling around with stills his wife or someone's wife. So uh, <laughs> they just started, they start cutting people away. Like they don't, you know, such a soap opera, you know, mm. such a soap opera, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's great. You know, it, it was almost like a full band there. Like, like you said, Eric, they, they give, they gave those guys credit because they were, they were important. They were integral to the sound. Of what yeah. was going on and they play you know that was their almost like their you know their backing section uh for the whole you know for the whole thing they didn't use a whole bunch of other studio musicians for this actually for song. to me is, is a bit more akin to 
not we mentioned cream, but it's to me it's much more akin to like a Delaney and Bonnie thing or or Derek and the Dominoes. You know, having this sort of a non, an anonymous bam. I mean, even though the names are mentioned, it's like but you still have a full, like you say, a full <laughs> a full on band. You know, rhythm section that's just really really great and um but yeah i mean even the cover like reminds me of like there's several pictures of of eric and and the dominoes just just sort of just laying back and you know it's just very much of its time it's just you know these bands like this that you know they grew and they're big and i love that i love that stuff you know it's just yeah fantastic yep yeah it 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 really you know and i think there's a i think uh stills is wearing like a a, like almost like an army outfit on the uh, on there i think it's like i think it's a confederate yeah and and it was kind of like they were kind of like why did you do that well you know the revolution is coming you know like it's it's, you know like that was still that that's still that societal turmoil was going on he's like we're you know we're in the fight you know so it was a little symbolism there and the dog Um, on the cover looks like my dog oh yeah (laughs) he looks a lot like brody (laughs) let me see yeah Oh yeah, right in the front, front yep. and center too. He's like he's mm-hmm. he's like right in the middle. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, and then our our house uh, was written by by Nash, and that was literally a literally a literal event that happened with Joni Mitchell. You know, they were driving around. They passed a little antique shop. She saw a vase in in the shops. She went in and bought it. They got into the house, and he said, "I'll light the fire, and you go put the flowers in the vase that you bought." You know, he literally it was literally a slice of life <laughs> song about him and Joni Mitchell. About something yeah. that happened, you know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like hat. Like, you, I, I've I watched an interview with him explaining it, and it's kind of like that's pretty wild, you know. Like, we're literally a day out, and it's just kind of like, yeah, you, you know, I'll light it the fire. You to go, sit down. And it's write. like, yeah, that's a lyric. It's like, okay, you know, yep. I have to confess. Go ahead, you hate it. It's the one song on the album I don't like. <laughs> to to me, it it. it it sounds too much like like a Home Depot commercial or something. Well, that's because they used it in Home Depot, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't his fault. I, he got the song first. I've also read in an article where, where Graham Nash said he, he, he sort of doesn't like the song anymore, and he only plays it because people ask for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, it, to, to me, it, it's the one song on this album that, that, that sort of not doesn't really fit. Yeah, like it's very, it's very sing-songy. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, like, like, like that kind of. But it's a simple melody. I mean, that's the whole beauty of it too. Is it's just, you know, you're, you're getting all these different textures on the album. So there's room for this. Is almost like the when I'm 64 of Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. You know, it's kind of very much in that playful, you know, nostalgic feel to it. But yeah, it, but it, the, but it fits in with going for is, yeah, is it, it that. fits in with the rest of you know just like when I'm 64 and it's the song that I think critics were 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 targeting yeah when when this album did not get a perfect score every time you know there were oh it's too, you know this it's one of the songs it's like it's too it's too clean it's too you know it's too and poppy sort of like, you and, know, and poppy. the second half of the yeah. song i think he got yeah. lazy with the lyrics it's all <laughs> la la la, <laughs> la, la, la. Yeah, that, that's, see that's where that's where it loses me right there it's, it's yeah it's well just it was not, just it was just about lighting the fire and putting the flowers in that's well, why it is you know but by the end of that song you, you think about the possibilities if they had worked oh. on it further there could have been some amazing harmonies happening there but they just choose to do the the la, la. i hate 
la la la's <laughs> in any kind of harmony so i just i don't know oh. what it is it's just very bubble gum very sort of la la like i guess you i it, guess you hate the banana splits theme then well yeah <laughs> la 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 but like the beatles did it too i mean they, you know they in any funny any but anytime somebody puts just literally spells the word la or you know it's just <laughs> Obla di, obla da. I don't. I, I just. I don't know. It just. Ugh, you know. It's like cringy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it, like it became a commercial, like like yeah. prime real estate for, for home improvement commercials or, or or credit card or mortgages. You know. Oh, you're you're buying your first house, and they would. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe. You know. It, it probably got overexposed. That way, it might have been better as an understated. Yeah. Song from the album, you know, might it might have done I, better if it was less popular. Well, I would argue that it's just it would it would make a nice piano ballad, just one person singing or him sing just singing the song on the yeah. piano, just one you know one vocal, you know, just very simple. I think it would be nice and elegant that way. Um, I'm probably I'm sure he probably did it at some point like that, but or somebody did, uh, but. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, you, you know, know, you know what? I, it starts I off I, really nice and it get, it does have that warm, nostalgic feel. It does take me back to, uh, to I guess, when I was a kid and when you, you used to hear it on the radio, but that's about as far uh-huh. as it goes. It doesn't. Do you, th- you know, do you think he was intimidated because he's dating Joni Mitchell and he's like, I, I, I got <laughs> to finish trying to finish this song. I mean, she's pretty formidable, and he got scared. Why, He's like, oh, let's do La La's. Yeah, and why she didn't contribute to the song is beyond me. Since probably, it's this thing's vocal. a turd in a box. I'm not going to – I don't want any part – I wrote Woodstock. I wrote Woodstock. I didn't house. <laughs> so I wrote a song that had a storyline. It had a lot of deep thoughts. I didn't write like – Lighting a fire and putting flowers. There, there in the is. Box, you know? Superstar Graham Nash. Joni, I don't think this is working anymore. <laughs> she was uh, yeah. too too formidable. Um, yeah. After right after that, I mean, you get to um, on side two. You got the song Deja Vu, which is great. We talked about our house uh, mm. four plus twenty, which is which was done. That was done in one take by Stephen Stills, just him and the guitar. Um, he had yeah, said to the other song. band members, like, hey, do you guys want to put some stuff on? And Crosby's like, are you fucking sick? Are you sick? He goes, it's per- it's perfect. Don't touch this. It's just him and, and the guitar. And it's about a guy going through life, you know, aging, um, yeah. almost like uh, something that that Neil Young would visit with old man. Kind of the same type of thing of, of aging and going through life. And it's just stills and, and his guitar. And, uh, again, just some great tender stuff. Not, not too funky, yeah. just more of a ball, you know, kind of a, a ballady, I guess. I suppose. Yeah, that's um, a great song. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Um, the thing that blew me away on this album, the song that blew me away is "Country Girl." Eric, do you know why? I don't. What? what why? Why? As soon as I heard it, as soon as I heard this song, <laughs> I said, "This sounds like Pet Sounds." It sounds okay. like a song that was from the Pet Sound sessions with the with the drums like do 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 do. It sounds like Let's Go Away for a while. It has the same, and it has a, almost a wall of sound production. And I said, I said, oh my yeah. god, this sounds like a like a lost backing track from Pet Sound. You have to go back yeah. and listen to it again. Yeah, I, I you know I could see that. Yeah, yeah. And then Absolutely. I read stuff. Yeah. Then I went and read stuff about it. And like, oh yeah, Phil, he's imitating a Phil Spector thing. I'm like, no, this is actually more Pet Sounds. 
Wow. Um, it's a wall of sound kind of production with the with the drum, you know, with kind of the kettle drums. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I was blown. I was like, "Oh my god!" I almost got chills. I'm like, "This sounds like the stuff that Brian was doing, like the the music, not the vocal stuff, but the musical backing tracks that Brian Wilson was working on during Pet Sounds." And yeah. it actually absolutely, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like someone heard that, you know, and kind of and carried it carried it forward, you know, four years later. I'll have, to, I'll have to listen to yeah. Pet Sounds again and compare it. Yeah, it, it's specifically the song "Let's Go Away for a While," which is an instrumental, mm-hmm. um, and it's got horns. It's a very, it's a very like sedate instrumental. It's got some horns in it and some like xylophone, some really light stuff. But then it's got these like kettle or timpani drums, mm. um, the same kind of uh, fills um, that they're using, and and, and the, the it's got that wall of sound feel on it the production from from uh from neil young so it just blew me i'm like wow like this like how did i not ever hear this song before you know so for me it was kind of like that just kind of that 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 kind of capped it off i'm like I, I besides all the stuff that i knew and all the great stuff i was like here's this like gem of a song mm-hmm. that i was able to con- like in my mind I'm like I, I as soon as i heard i'm like wow it's, i was like wait a second what is this amazing it's always nice when there's a yeah that deep cut that you love that you know that you just you know instinctively to go to that that's what puts the album over the top for you it's the one you want to you want to yeah i i felt that way about tusk you know when it when it came out there was just so many songs on that record that were not rumors that were not you know so polished and, and and yet you know it's those little gems that you you favor and it's like this is the one this is this is it you know yeah um, so it's no it's not always going to be the most popular you know um but yeah, yeah that's, I, a great, that's a great yeah great yeah story. i was i was i was gobsmacked <laughs> i was like holy shit like i i was not i was not prepared to hear something like that and it, it totally yeah. caught me off guard and i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. like holy i could not believe it um and then of course the album closes out with uh everybody i love you which is just a little short thing it's kind of like a farewell song which is really great like i said um, this album is 36 minutes, so there's no reason for anybody not to listen to this, right, Rob? I mean, it's like, yeah. come on. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, it is. It's a, it is a quick listen, and it keeps you entertained the whole way through. You know, yeah. you're not fast forwarding through any parts. Yeah, I mean, at, at 36 minutes, I'm going to say pound for pound, you're getting a, you're getting like a, 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 a tapestry. Not to quote, you know. Uh, Carol <laughs> King of the same year, but yeah. you're literally getting a tapestry of different types of music. And it, again, for someone that like me, that was a casual listener of Crosby, Stills and Nash, you think it's, you, you get the impression that it's one thing, that it is our house and that it is teach your children. And it is mm. that those kind of vocal performances, but there, but on this album, I got it. I got an education. I got a musical education mm-hmm. for, for certain that uh, I was not prepared you know, I, I thought I knew what I was going to get going into it, and I'm I'm so happy that I got something totally different. Um, and, and, and I'm su- I'm surprised when when I was when I was looking when I was going over the album again and everything, and I started thinking of music throughout the years. I'm surprised that that nobody else has ever really tapped into their type of um like th- there has been super groups throughout the throughout the years, but. But no one really ever took the same approach that they did, except for if I if I had to guess, maybe like the the traveling Wilburys, mm. where everybody comes in with their own ideas, and they they get together, and that way, and, and not in a group, 
more like individuals coming together mm-hmm. and creating something as opposed well, to I, coming well, together I, and forming a group. Yeah, in the like, case surprised- of, I, I don't know, Rob. I think in the case of the Wilburys, I think it was much more of a, a unified feel, a spontaneous group thing that they just, you know, it wasn't so much, you know, oh, I, I got an idea. We're going to do this one song and that kind of thing. It might have been maybe on a couple of the tracks, but I, I think in that case, it was much more of, of, of a brotherhood coming yeah. together. And, you know, with, with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, I mean, I don't know if that was the case. I mean, it's like a dictatorship <laughs> with Steven. I'm Stills. surprised, though, that, that you, know, you don't have more um, like solo artists collaborating together like that. Yeah. You know, in, in, yeah. in a way, it makes it almost easier because. You don't have to come out with a full album worth of songs. You know, you come in as a as a collaborator with somebody. You just got to give them like two or three songs, and you're that's and a you're really done. that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, you, and that was the whole, like you had said. Oh, sorry, Eric. Good. No, I'm, I'm finished. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that, like like you had said, they, they you know by having each instead of naming themselves a group because they all had solo careers. They all they all had solo contracts. Neil Young was already a solo artist before this, so he he had nothing to lose. He's kind of like Joe Walsh. In, yeah. in the Eagles, you know, he, he had, he had a career before he had a career during and he had a career after, you know, yeah. so you, so you kind of, you kind of make a good point, but, um, it's just so, it, it's, it's just so odd that this band was just, you know, and that was what Graham Nash got so angry about. He goes, I'm so pissed off at the wasted time that we spent waiting around to do stuff or waiting for this one or waiting for that one. And you yeah. look at it, two, two albums in the seventies in an era in an era where where artists would put out a minimum an album per year was the expectation. Sometimes they put out two if they were really prolific. Mm-hmm. Like like we always talk about, like back then it was like boom, 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 boom. Like you were knocking them out because that was your contract. These guys, they do yeah. one, they they fight, they break up, they then they then they go do a live album, then they put out a greatest hits album, then they put out Rusty another gets album. Arrested. Yeah. <laughs> it gets hauled off to jail. And you got to wait like, for him to get out of jail. It's crazy. How many times did they try to bail him out? I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. just spiraled out of control because during the making of this album, he said, thank God for this album because his uh, his girlfriend had gotten killed yeah. in, a car, in a car crash. So that's when he started to really spiral and just kind of goes, I was just, lo- I was losing it. So thank God, you know, at least we had this to, to kind of come right. to. So they were all having relationship issues, you know, Nash with Mitchell. And like I said, Stephen Stills had just broken up with Judy Collins. Um, and, and if and if I'm not mistaken, I think after this album came out, they didn't tour for it for like two years after it or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they didn't really they promote were, it because they kind yeah. of imploded. They were kind of like, Ugh, you know, and, 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 and Neil Young went off and he did uh, after the Gold Rush, I think, came out right after this mm-hmm. um, or or Harvest. It was one of those two. Um, he just went and back still, to being still... Neil Young, you know, uh, and then they in 1974, they're like, OK, let's go. Yeah, let's go out. Uh, and then they, that's when the live album came out and then they put out, uh, which was called four way street. Um, mm-hmm. and then they put out so far, which was the greatest hits. And then, and then Neil Young left not to be heard of again until, until 1989 or 1990. And then they just kind of, you know, they, they were more prolific in the nineties than they were in the, during their heyday, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, so, I don't know why I'm, I'm so focused in on that. It's just so strange to me. Yeah, that they're they're in, the, they're in the they're in the pantheon of of music, you know. Even the Beatles in ten years they put out like you know eight or nine, ten albums. You know they kind of have a body of work, hmm. you know. 
And by the time Crosby, Stills, and Nash became prolific, like let's you know their best years were behind, meaning their their prime years were behind them of making that music. It's just so so odd, and it's not like each one of them had individual like Stephen Stills has "Love the One You're With." You know, he had like a couple of minor hits, but I don't remember ever hearing here's the new David Crosby single or here's the newest from Graham <laughs> Nash. Like they they made out they made albums and they teamed up. There was like a Crosby and well, Nash. It was, there, was, it was rep by reputation. Those names, yeah. like if they appeared on a yeah. talk show or, yeah, you know, that was the thing. It's like oh, but they didn't do anything. You know, automatically love them because yeah. of what they that one yeah. two album one two punch wild. in the first. End. Yeah, yeah, so, so wild because they, it's not like they had they put out the two albums and then broke up and were never heard from again. Or or like Nirvana, there was a tragedy and. And this is all you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like they continue to tour and they continue to do stuff. They just, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, I don't know if they ran yeah. out of gas create creatively just to, or couldn't, I couldn't get it. Get, just, get, I, I personally, I think, I think it was just the, the clash of egos. Yeah. You know, just, you just, you, sometimes you just can't, you know, you could, you could make me beautiful. You could play beautiful music together. But it doesn't necessarily mean you, when it comes to sitting down and actually creating something, that's where it gets a little tricky, I think, yeah. as far as, and it's a shame too, because I would love to see a band like this work that way and build an album from the ground up together. You know, you, that you don't see that very often, you know, yeah. with bands like this, you know, it's, even Fleetwood Mac, you know, it's like everybody's doing their own thing and they just get together when the, when the song is, you know, finished and written and then said, then they just, okay, we'll lay the vocals down and this, blah, yeah. blah, and that, and that's the, and that's the end of it. I think rumors was probably the last album. So much dysfunction. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you said, there's so much dysfunction that sometimes that's the only way to work. Yeah. You know, uh, and we've seen it far and wide with these bands. kind of, that's right. You know, these, someone will come in and they'll lay their vocals down and then they'll leave and someone else will come in and you know, it's, it's, it's too bad, but um, this was an eye opener. This, ep- this, this album, I, 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 I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I kind of went out there and be like, yeah, you know, let's do Deja Vu. It's an out, al- you know, it's a classic album. It's something we should do. We haven't done anything in the seventies for a while, Eric. We've been, we've been living in the eighties for a while. So I'm like, yeah, let's kind of mix <laughs> it up. And then I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. It's kind of, you know, it's got a lot on there, but, but the stuff that I wasn't aware of was the stuff that blew my mind. So, what? And I, and I have a little more respect for Crosby now, Eric. So I'm not, <laughs> not hating on the cowardly lion as much. I always think it bothered me. He looked like the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it's like Burt Lahr. Yeah. Then, you know, he would let him, he definitely let himself go later on. Yeah. I mean, he's always got that, that girth, you know, that, yeah. big, you know, belly. And even, I, I think I watched, a, I just watched, a, they did Southern Cross on The Tonight Show. I just watched it today on YouTube to in prep, um, and 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 it's just the three of them. It's it's yeah. not Neil Young is not with them. It's mm-hmm. but it's just the three of them. All three are playing acoustic guitar, and it's fast, and it's it's amazing. And they did it one take. You know, they just did the performed it, and it was perfect. Yeah, you know, so I've seen footage of them in the in the in the seventies, and they you know, there's some footage of where they. You know, the harmonies aren't quite there <laughs> you know they're just oh yeah. you hear you could hear david crosby you know like se- the separation yeah. you know pick a key any key they weren't <laughs> like you know a lot of times they would just uh, fl- kind of fly off and yeah yeah i remember i remember seeing it must have been like about 10 years ago they they did some like christmas 
special yeah. and they sang and they were horrible. I mean, it was, it was atrocious yeah. <laughs> and it, it was, it was, it was pretty embarrassing to actually, and, and, you know, it, it, it's sad to see that when, when you know how great they really are, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. wild and, and oddly enough in, in some tawdry David Crosby news, uh, when Melissa Etheridge and her partner wanted to have a child, um, mm. who did they who did they think was the perfect human specimen to be the sperm donor? None other than David Crosby was the sperm donor for their artificial insemination child was fucking David Crosby. I mean, I guess they're looking for a, a kid that could just take any drug. Wow. And like, and, uh, you know, yeah, the guy was like that. altered mutant DNA to be drug resistant right. because uh, I remember that? that it was like a white, it was like way back, but it was like, yep. yeah, we want David Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> and he did it. It's like, all right. Oh boy. I, I, I got, you know, the guys had I mean he we just lost him uh earlier this year. Yeah. Uh right, yeah. twenty twenty three. Um I know uh Phil Collins was a big fan of the guy. And uh, I you know, he collaborated with him on his but seriously record. And uh, you know, they did an amazing him and uh Graham Nash both appeared on on an island, which I love David Gilmore solo album. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an amazing track because it's it sounds like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, but you have that soothing vocal from Gilmore yeah. as well. Oh, it's it's beautiful. That yeah. you want a song to listen to a song that gives you chills. Listen to uh, On an Island. It's it's a oh, yeah. yeah. I just saw I just saw Stephen Stills a couple of weeks ago. He was at the Vets Aid uh, benefit concert with Joe Walsh, and Joe yeah. Walsh was the was the closer. And then Stephen Stills came out for three songs, and he sounded he sounded all right. He's got I think he's got some hearing problems. He's got some severe hearing loss. So uh, yeah. time is not you know has not been kind. Uh, as we wrap this up, you know, with the death of David Crosby, that's it. There's not any, you know, they were all Crosby. Crosby was on the outs with everybody else. Anyway, Crosby, you know, mm-hmm. talks shit about Neil Young or his wife. Uh, Graham Nash wasn't too thrilled with him. Not, not happy with him. Um, just all, all kinds of problems. So, uh, yeah. It's, you know, they, they left it. They did leave a legacy and, and anybody that's listening to this, go leave here now and go listen to this on uh, wherever you can listen to it on, on streaming or if you have it. Um, what an incredible album, right? I mean, yeah. that's all I can say. It's, it's anybody who's not a hippie could, you know, get some of the younger, your younger folks go check out what real music sounds like. Yeah, rock, rock, <laughs> rock and roll 101 exactly. is what we call this. This is there one of those go. albums we call, we call rock and roll 101. This is your education and, and absolutely go check out, uh, Check out Deja Vu from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young uh, from yep. 1970. So that's going to do it for this episode of the 3324 Podcast. Rob, you made it through second round. Second yes. round. He's, he's going to want to come back in a week. He's going to want to break the record for return appearance. Back, I, still, come back I still see that Godfather poster on the, uh, you know, not <laughs> hung floor, up. It's on the floor. It's on What's the floor? The po- Rob, what's the poster you have in the background there? Like in, is that a, is that a kitchen back there? Like I see a po- something hanging in back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's the Led Zeppelin song remains the same. Okay. Okay. And then there's, there's a big letter R. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember where I got that from. And then it's my, uh, my turntable. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining us. A lot of fun. Uh, Looking forward to having you back uh, again in the future. Yeah, as well. I would love so, to. Yeah, this is yeah. great. I love doing this. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So much fun. And uh, as for Eric and I, we're here each and every week bringing you new episodes. Uh, and plus there's a whole bunch. There's a treasure trove, 150 plus 
um, of, of back wow. catalog stuff. Yeah. You know, we're like Columbia house. Like you get five episodes for a penny. <laughs> we'll get five episodes for a penny and then we'll send you one each month. <laughs> yeah. Pick the first about, five on a track. Oh, remember that? Remember those days? Oh my God. Good Lord. I did that. Yeah. I only did that once and I did it much later in life. I think when I, I was probably yeah. over 18, I'm like, I'm going to sign up for this thing. Then the, the album started fucking coming. I'm like, I don't want yep. <laughs> it. might've even been in the CD era. So I was kind of done with albums, but and I'm like, what am I doing? It took, yeah. It took forever to, to cancel the, cancel the that, damn yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, tell him no ahead of time, it was coming. <laughs> you, you were getting I, you were getting Debar's greatest hits. No matter what. It was, you know, that's right, that's right. Whatever their, that's right. Whatever their selection was, you, you were getting it. <laughs> totally different no. time, a totally different era, which I'm sure we'll revisit sometime. So, again, they, thank you, Rob, for joining us. It's 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 been a, a blast. Pleasure. And everybody, yep. find us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us there. If you like our episodes, give us a rating, five stars, four stars, whatever the max is. Uh, we'll certainly take it and we'll thank you for it. So for Rob and for Eric, this is Dean. We'll catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 